Hey, 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 welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 68 in our series, Our Gifts, His Glory. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. All right. So we are so excited today. We have Emily and Laura from Risen Motherhood with us to talk about how motherhood is a gift from God and how to use that for his glory. So thanks for coming on, guys. Oh, thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. It's a joy to be here with you. So tell us a little bit about um, who you guys are, and you can go one by one, however you guys like to do that, and take as long as you want with this question, because <laughs> everybody wants to know more about you and who they're listening to. I'm sure a lot of our listeners already listen to you guys, so they have a good idea of who you are, but tell us a little, just a little bit about who you are. Sure. So uh, I can start. My name is Laura Whiffler, and uh, Emily and I are actually sister-in-laws, so she's married to my brother, so that's kind of how we're related and I have the joy of getting to work with her pretty much every single day. Yeah. And uh, we run a ministry called Risen Motherhood. I am the executive director. It's a nonprofit now. And then we also both serve as the co-hosts of the podcast. But being the executive director just kind of means that my hands are in a little bit of everything. It's really fun. I get to work with everybody on the team. We're a team of seven now. And so I do everything from creating content with Emily and kind of doing strategy and vision with our leadership team all the way to thinking about social media and marketing and we have a fall shop and you know what trips we're doing and a retreat and all these fun things so it really spreads the gamut and I love it I love all the variety that I get to do each day Um, but most of all I just love getting to work with moms and to give them the gospel every single day just to remind them of its beauty and its truth so the work is really meaningful and I really enjoy it Uh, I have three kids myself, so I am a mom and I am married to my husband for about nine years. We've been married. And then I have three children between, um, six, four and two are their ages. So my days are filled mostly at home with them. I really enjoy getting to just spend time hanging out with them and then kind of fitting work in. I work about 20 to 30 hours a week. And so I have childcare, um, certain days. And then I also, I work early mornings, nap times, taking kind of advantage of all of those moments that I have. So that's, that's a little bit. Is that enough? I hope. (laughs) That's great. You forgot to mention author though. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And we just wrote a book. We co-wrote a book, which is called Risen Motherhood, Gospel Hope for Everyday Moments. And it comes out in September. So yeah. So exciting. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Emily here. So I feel like I have a ton of overlap with Laura, so I won't repeat what she said, but I am the content director for the Risen Motherhood Ministry. And that just means I kind of oversee all of the things that we put out that are dealing with kind of our mission, which is just to challenge and equip and encourage moms to just apply the good news of Jesus Christ to wherever they're at. And so For me, that's a lot of reading, a lot of editing, a lot of thinking, (laughs) talking, (laughs) things I love doing, and even just, you know, producing, um, being strategic, it's just really, really fun. Um, So my role is a little bit more contained than Laura's, but um, yeah, we really enjoy working together, and we work closely as well with our other sister-in-law, 
here in Iowa. So I have um, five kids. My oldest just turned seven. Um, and then I have twins that are five. Um, I'm sorry. I like get through this list. I have um, one that is about to turn four and then a two-year-old. And so that keeps me just like super busy. Oh, yeah. I at home with them all day and I work from home. And so, um, it's a lot of, you know, kind of time blocking because every day is just a little bit different in terms of what I need to get done, what the kids need. Do they have doctor's appointments? Do they have, you know, they want to go ride bikes, whatever that looks like. Um, and I've been married to my husband, Brad, Laura's brother for 10 years in September. And that's just a joy. I think that's something I've been considering lately as I'm thinking deep thoughts about being married for a decade is <laughs> how it's gotten sweeter and how we just are so, um, our partnership has just gotten really rich in supporting one another and the different gifts that we have. So it's just really, really neat. Yeah. That's awesome. We're big fans of marriage over yes. here. So we like to talk <laughs> We like it. our husbands. <laughs> marriage, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we always think it's fun to end this little section with a random fact. So do y'all have a random fact you'd like to share? This is so funny. I feel like I need to keep a bucket of these anytime I, I think know. about something, know. you know, to write it down and pull it out. Um, but maybe for me, I suppose it was kind of funny. I, I have always wanted to own a business since I was a little girl. I come from a family of entrepreneurs and uh, my dad ran his own business. My uncles do and my brothers do and all of that. And I was dreaming up business ideas. Well, I've always been dreaming up business ideas, but <laughs> one day in the car, I was I was pontificating about all of the businesses that I could start to my husband, and he kind of looks at me and he just goes, "Laura, you just co-founded a nonprofit, isn't that <laughs> that <laughs> enough?" Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, but it kind of shows how risen motherhood sort of became this thing that we didn't even realize. Yeah, it was never the intent to have a business from it or turn it into anything, and it certainly doesn't function as I probably imagined being an entrepreneur and what my own business would look like, but it, it's, it's better. It's so much more fun, but it was just funny to kind of realize, oh yeah, I need to kind of recognize that. And, um, I, I'm an entrepreneur. What's your Enneagram number? I'm a one. Oh, okay. Okay. A lot of people think I'm a three, but, uh, I value fairness above all else. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I had fun thinking about this. Um, when I look back to like my early years of motherhood, I thought that I was going to be a, a kind of like a homestead mom. Where I was like, <laughs> chicken, <laughs> yes, like home cooking, home cooked meals, and yeah, you know, Emily. But <laughs> I, I thought I would be like a thing. Like yeah. I'd be carrying in my own eggs from the backyard. She'd slaughter her chickens. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I had Big all this, this vision. That is that is not me, unfortunately. But guys, I have one homesteader skill that I picked up, and I'm really proud of it. I can build like a mean fire in the fireplace. True. Oh, okay. oh, I. Um, from a little bit further south than where we live now in Iowa. And the winters here are just really brutal. They're hard for me to get through. There's lots of snow, the wind, it's freezing cold. And and so we have always had a home with a, a wood-burning fireplace. And mm -hmm. it's become like one of the ways that I cope with winter. Yeah, like yeah. it gets under 60 degrees and I'm like, we got to have a fire in the fireplace. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> my husband did it for a long time. And so I would have to wait until he would get home to have a fire. And about a year and a half ago, I was just like, nope, I am going to learn how to do this. <laughs> so now I know how to stack the wood, chop the wood, care for the wood, set it all up, get the kindling in place. And I can build it really big. And one of my most favorite things to do is when it, I walk away and I forget about it and it gets down to like the little coals and embers that are burning, I can like take a little piece of wood and like blow on it and get a whole fire going. <laughs> it was just so my husband was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to get this thing burning again. So there you go. There's my one survival skill. I was just going to say, she's basically a survivalist. Like you there should you go, go on TV. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if I can do it outside. I've, I've only done it environment. <laughs> That's a really good random that fact. That is awesome. And I you're very it. proud of it and passionate about I love it. it. I, love it. <laughs> I don't know how I've like cried about a lot of things. I like the fire is like an area. She has like fire gloves that she slips. I have fire on, gloves. Yeah, she's like, like I'm ready. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. We need an Insta <laughs> story of this best. so we can all follow <laughs> along. Yes. Yes. So that actually leads into our next question, which it is, does. what are you passionate about? We know well, Emily's passionate about fire. What are we passionate about? Well, I know I can speak on behalf of both of us when I say that the risen motherhood is one of our passions because theology, learning about God, I know it sounds cheesy, but like it was born out of an authentic desire to talk about the gospel. Yes. And people ask you us like, what are your hobbies? We're kind of like, I don't know, talking about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. and, yep, and yep. We get it. That's we totally so get it. it. <laughs> Kindred spirits. I love finding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're not trying to be holier than thou. It's just, right. it's just true. And when yeah. you realize and recognize how much God has done for you and the, the gift of Jesus Christ, like, I feel like he just has become every hobby we've ever had. And we both love to talk about him. We love talking about how to apply the gospel. We love uh, developing resources and content. And so I think that's, that's a huge part for both of us of what fills our days. And Risen Motherhood is what started as a hobby and is now obviously more of an official position for both of us, but we would do it no matter what. Like we've always joked that if it wasn't Risen Motherhood, it would be something else talking yeah. about the gospel. Yes. Just in Love it. So that's a thing. And then, I don't know, lighthearted things for me. I I love going hiking. I love nature. My husband's really into bird watching. I know that's now I'm sounding really nerdy. Um, <laughs> so my husband loves birds. And I was like, well, I got to find kind of a hobby. So I bought like a couple of books for to identify plants. And so now when we're on birds hikes and with plants, our, oh, we sound so bad. Um, but it's just something fun for us to do together. Yeah. And we, the country. And so it's been fun to identify stuff. And uh, that's something that we enjoy. And that I love, of course, plants inside too. I have kind of a, a budding green thumb in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you do. Laura and I were having a great conversation was it last weekend about bugs and plants. <laughs> we're talking about the gnats and our feathers. Oh, yes. Laura's yeah. like, don't move that away from your other plants. <laughs> I'm going to be jumping. So I got all my plants right, from Laura. Um, yeah. I don't know. Passion. I mean, I just totally concur with Laura that, um, I don't actually love this word and I don't use it very often, but like, I do feel obsessed with like the gospel and just learning and growing and just loving Jesus and talking about him any chance I get. And 
Um, but lighthearted things for me, in addition to building fires, which I'm not doing in this season. So that's going to start taking <laughs> a lot of my time. <laughs> so busy doing building fires. She can't do anything else. Um, yeah, my husband and I together are passionate about having an uncluttered home. Um, I think just having lots of young children, there's always stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that that's something we encourage each other to do when it kind of feels like, Oh wow, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of chaos is, Hey, let's take a Saturday and go through the house and just clear away things that we're not using, throw away things that we don't need. Um, so I don't know. That's, That's good. something we do. Aaron yeah. and I were actually having that conversation this morning because I have three little girls and the house was a disaster. And I was talking about how annoyed I was. And then in the next like five seconds, I was talking about your episode on being annoyed. <laughs> and Aaron, Aaron said, it sounds like you needed to listen to that this morning. I was like, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So when you get your house, like, pretty clean and uncluttered and obviously it's not always going to be that way but to me it really helps like free up okay like that's done and now I'm really feel available to, yes. to yeah. a little bit more mm-hmm. it yep. just it takes everything down a notch mm-hmm. yep it does it yep. does so now we're going to get into the meat of what we're really wanting to talk about. Um, so how would y'all explain that gospel-centered motherhood is using your gifts for God's glory? Yeah, this is a wonderful question and definitely one that I think every mom processes through at some point after she transitions into motherhood. And it's interesting to look back at the garden and you just see that, well, God made mankind, he made man and woman, and he made them in his own image for his own purposes. And as we progress through the Bible, we just see that, you know, everything that we have is the Lord's. It's all been given by him. All of our gifts, every skill set, our personality traits, our tendencies, like God gives those to his people. And if, if we truly are not our own, but we belong to God, then every resource, every gift we have is actually his. And so we can think about our gifts as relating to motherhood as, um, as a way to submit to God's will and to his plan for our lives and, and steward them in a way that whatever it is that we're gifted at, we can find ways to apply those in motherhood. And so maybe that's, you know, we're, we're gifted at communication and we can really tell a great story to our children, you know, about God's word and about the Bible, or maybe we're gifted in, in cooking and um, creating great food. And so that can be used for hospitality and cooking for our kids, or maybe we're gifted at theology. And that's something that we enjoy thinking about, you know, we can talk to our children and apply that. And I think motherhood is such an amazing thing because there are thousands of ways to take our gifts and to repurpose them and use them for God's glory while raising souls and raising lives and and doing something that truly, truly matters. And so I think we have to look at it as, okay, what did God make me for and why did he give me these children and then what gifts has he given And there are thousands of ways a mom can apply those gifts Mm -hmm. within the confines of of what she's doing on a daily basis through motherhood. Yeah, I think just to build on that a little bit, the neat thing about um, the gospel is that it makes us new and um, it changes just everything about who we are. And so when we're thinking about this in the context of motherhood, if we are women who are primarily focused on fitting a certain mold of motherhood, like 
maybe we've made, again, our ideal mom is the homestead mom. (laughs) And that's what we're trying to live into. Um, I think a lot of us are going to feel like, oh, this, this isn't bringing me much joy, much happiness. This is drudgery. I always feel like I'm failing at this. Um, I feel like I can't hit this mark. I feel like I'm not the mom that I should be. And that's really, really discouraging. Mm -hmm. And that's actually going to make it hard for us to love our children well and to pass along the gospel to them because we're so fixated and focuses on pouring all of our resources into being this specific type of mom we've created in our mind that we think we must be. But if we've rooted our hope and our identity fully in Christ, when we've found all of our goodness in him and we find that we are fully righteous before the throne. And then we see, as Laura was saying in the garden, we've been made in the image of God in this unique way with unique gifts. What we get to do is just be who God has made us to be in Christ with whatever relationship that we're in with our children. So it, it just allows us to, okay, like Laura was saying, like, I love theology. And so guess what? I get bring that into my mind. I don't have to kind of step that out or stifle that out that my, my bookshelves are literally overflowing with books all over the house. I get to then <laughs> kids. I love books. Like mm-hmm. let's get you guys, let's get excited about this. Let's get excited about these resources. Let me open these for you and yeah. show you what's in them and tell you about what I'm learning. We when we walk like that, mm-hmm. our kids, I think get to experience the joy of Christ and the joy that we have and so it's just, it's so much more fun that way. Yeah, that's a really, really awesome answer. Both of you guys, I think that provides some real practical and helpful and just for everybody listening. And so kind of building off of that, and like you guys are saying, our gifts, like even though there's a variety of them, there's many ways to use them within motherhood. And I think sometimes for me personally, and um, y'all can kind of speak to this if you have felt like this, but we think, oh, our gifts in order to glorify God need to be used in this way, um, like outside of my home or so people see them or within the church or, you know, put on a pedestal with certain gifts. And, and how would you kind of encourage someone that's saying, hey, show me the value that scripture places on motherhood so that I understand that this is a, this is worth using my gifts in this area. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think we see the concept of motherhood again, originated back in that design, that garden scene in Eden with Adam and Eve. And what's neat is that um, the way that it's framed in Genesis chapter one and two, God will say, you know, the man and the woman or Adam and the woman. Um, And so we do see this like uh, commandment for motherhood. And we say, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, right? That's something, um, the man and the woman are going to do together. But then after the fall, there's of course the problem of sin and brokenness that comes in and God needs to, to deal with that. And so curses enter, you know, consequences enter. And then we see this promise made that, you know, the Christ is going to not Christ, but then offspring, I'm sorry, I'm offspring, the woman. offspring mm-hmm. is going to come and he's going to crush the head of the serpent. And there's this, this Messiah picture that's given, this savior, this offspring that's going to come. And then the next thing that we see is Adam call the woman Eve. And that's really the first time we hear her name mentioned. And we see that her name sounds like life because she's the mother of all the living. And it gives us this really neat picture that Eve and women are not just uh, 
have the ability to be a biological mother, that there is going to be this literal fulfillment of a promise through the offspring of Eve that Christ is going to come. But also there is this this passing along of this promise that, you know, there is going to be a way for us to have a new birth and a new life when Christ comes. And we we have this important responsibility of being life givers in whatever relationship we're in. And particularly, probably, you know, if you're married and you have children, like your children are going to be your closest neighbors in your life. They're going to be people that you're spending the most time with. They're going to be unbelievers that you have a chance every day, day in and day out to communicate why God's promises are so important and to give them the message of life, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, to show them how they can have a new birth and how they can live forever. Um, And so because that is just inherent in not only any relationship we have, but especially in this relationship as mom to child, It's just, it's not one that we want to, you know, squander or throw away. It is a big responsibility, but uh, something we wrote in the Risen Motherhood book is like, God is the one in Christ who reconciles that kind of our responsibility with our inability. Mm -hmm. And he shows up with his strength and day after day helps us do that very imperfectly. So when we're thinking about stewarding our gifts and stewarding our time First off, if we're doing it in the unseen places of our home, we know God sees everything Mm -hmm. and we're being faithful to do exactly what he's called us to do, which is to pass along the gospel to the next generation. And two, it's not wasted. We have souls in our home that need to be ministered to, that need the hope of Jesus Christ. And even if no one else gets to see that, and we may not even see the fruits right away, but we know like this is part of the job that God gave me to do. This is part of my purpose, my mission, my responsibility on earth, part of the Great Commission. Definitely not a waste. It's a fantastic investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of ripped, no, she ripped on it. that for I a minute. Let that lay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. So how has God used motherhood to teach you about who he is? We're all about um, on the Dorn podcast, just focusing on God's attributes and trying to see different aspects of who he is in our everyday life. So how, how has God used motherhood to teach you about him? Oh man, let me count the ways. I know, <laughs> right? That's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it may be a little bit hard to know where to start uh, and or where to ever end, but I think God has taught me that he is so much bigger than I ever believed that he could be or was through motherhood. And that I am so much lower and weaker and unable. And I love what Emily said about Jesus making a way to reconcile our ability with our inability. And I think that that has been so key for me as someone who has typically been more productive, production oriented, task oriented, type A, um, through motherhood, I think that I realized how much of a sinner I really am, and how much I truly needed Jesus, because there were many times before motherhood, I think, you know, the classic example is many people will say, Oh, when I'm a mom, I'll never let my kids scream at a restaurant. Uh-huh. Or, you know, when I'm a mom, my kids will always be polite when yeah. they slap yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course I had thoughts like that in my mind of what kind of mom I would be. And I had built up um, this expectation for what meant, what meant or what made me a successful mom. And 
as I went into motherhood, I realized, okay, I'm not a Pinterest mom. I'm not a um, put together mom. I'm not the perfectly feeding my children all the great food. I'm not the homesteading mom, any of those things. I realized, in fact, I'm the impatient mom. Mm. I'm an angry mom. I'm a mom that gets um, is not very long suffering. I am someone who is very, very selfish and motherhood just revealed all of these sin issues that had kind of been laying low for me for a really long time. And some of them took longer than others. You know, it wasn't like day one, I saw all these things, but over time it's been six years and three kids and a lot of really, really, really hard things where slowly, I think the Lord has just pulled away these facts that I am a limited being that cannot do it all. And in fact, um, I need Jesus more than I ever knew. And I love it because God has shown up in that gap because I feel like that gap is just so big. And when I see it, I think there's no way that I can ever be a good mom. There's no way that I can ever be a patient mom. There's no way I could ever be just good enough for my kids. And it's true. You know, I think any mom, if she truly is honest with herself, will be able to say, I am not good enough at least in one area of motherhood right. and yeah. if not all of them. And that's the great news of the gospel. It's the great news of what God did for us is that he came and he said, I know that you're not enough, but I'm going to send my son to be enough on your behalf. And now before the throne of God, you are made good. You are made righteous. I see you and I see righteousness. I see patience and kindness and long suffering because I see Jesus. He covers us in front of God. And what a gift and what hope that is for a mom who, you know, for me, I just felt really bummed and discouraged yeah. about who I, I was realizing I was in my core. Mm-hmm. But then the hope of Jesus Christ and his gift for me really helped me to see that, oh, no, I, I can be patient because I can rely on Christ. I, I can be kind to my children in this moment when I don't want to be mm-hmm. because I have the Holy Spirit working in my life and transforming me. And it just changes your perspective when you're not doing it to earn an A, but you know that actually already I, I in Christ, I have that A and now I can just have freedom to live who God made me to be. And when I fail and mess up, I can repent and turn back to God. And he is overwhelmingly gracious. He always offers forgiveness and I have a secure eternity with him, like just promises over, you know, so many wonderful gifts from the Lord. Um, so, okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like a mic drop. Like, yeah. you're preaching it, girl. I love it. good. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, no, that was fantastic. <laughs> I, 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 just a simple thing. Or I don't, it's not simple, but it's short. Just that I can trust God with my children. Oh, um, yeah. oh, amen. Mm. I, you know, there that's have just sad. been so many things Um so many times that I can think, wow, you know, something really bad could have happened there. Um, or wow, praise the Lord for modern medicine because my, my child had some bacterial infection that had we not had Mm. that antibiotic, I I don't know, a hundred years ago, if my child would have survived that. And, you know, I had twins like you've experienced, like they were in the NICU, like Mm -hmm. there's just all these things. And so I think, even though I have no guarantee of the way God is going to handle their lives in the future, I think I've seen just this real up close truth that like he is capable of protecting them from anything. Mm -hmm. And he's also capable of allowing things into their lives 
for a greater, bigger purpose than I may understand. And he's for my good and he is for their good and I can trust him. And it's terrifying to say that on a level because, of course, all of us want, you know, this ideal perfect story or whatever with our children. But more than that, I want all of my kids to know Jesus. And more than that, um, I want to experience a close relationship with God and a deep trust and love for him no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I think motherhood brings up a lot of those, okay, no matter what happens, Lord, gut check moments that we go, do I really, really believe that God is good Mm -hmm. no matter what happens? So, Mm -hmm. great. That's good. That's really good. I feel like I don't even know how to respond. I just want to like go back and re-listen to that. Over and over. I needed to hear that so much. So that was really good. So kind of going off that, um, we were talking about, you know, how our, our inability and, and how the Lord is teaching us and we're kind of walking in this tension of, um, how to use our gifts for God's glory. I think sometimes personally, I struggle with realizing, oh, am I really doing this for God's glory or am I doing this so I can post on social media and everyone will think, wow, you're such a good mom. So how would you guys say, like, do you struggle with that, that tension of, hey, am I really doing this for God's glory or is this more for my glory? And, and how would you say you go about like checking yourself and walking in, in the right direction from that? This is a complex question because I think if we wait until we have pure motives or perfect motives, we'll never do anything. We'll never That's do so anything. Yeah. And I've been paralyzed so many times, not just in my motherhood, but I think even in using my gifts in more public ways mm-hmm. to think, oh, I, I can't guarantee that I don't have one iota mm-hmm. of <laughs> yeah. you know, selfish motivation in this, therefore don't do it. Um Now, if we know for sure we have something that like we need to repent of or our conscience is like really giving us a reason to pause, we should listen to that. Mm -hmm. We should listen to our conscience. But I think all of us are going to wrestle with mixed motives. Mm -hmm. We're going to wrestle with doing something because we want to honor the Lord and we want to glorify him. And then there's also this part of us that, you know, right. It's the battle between the spirit and the flesh. And there's things that I want to do and then I can't seem to do them that way. Or I start down the right path and then part of me still lagging over here. So I mean, I think Paul even had that problem, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I, I think instead of saying, I won't do anything until I'm 100% right or 100% perfect. It's like Laura was saying, it's a continual posture of repentance Mm. that says, you know, I am going to step out in faith and I am going to do this thing um, and I'm going to do it for your glory. And then every time that I see my heart deviating or I feel this pull another way, I'm going to pray. I'm going to confess that to you. I'm going to acknowledge that. I may even need to bring friends into that conversation Mm. and say, I'm struggling with this. Um, Can you help me? Um, and so to me, assuming we're not talking about things that are overtly sin or overtly wrong, we're just talking about matters of preference and using our gifts and, and whatnot. Um, I think personally, it's really beautiful to see the way that others are living out the gospel uniquely in their families. And I'm so glad that they don't hide that under the rug, um, because it, it motivates me to want to be more obedient to what God has for me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I used this example recently. I have a sweet, (coughs) sweet, good friend that I've walked through the whole, my whole motherhood journey alongside our oldest are the same age. And she is 
like the homestead mom. I can't believe we're still talking about this. This is going to be a show. Title of the show, The Homestead, the homestead Mom. mom. <laughs> she is, she just does it beautiful. And I just love it. And um, I am so glad that she doesn't think, oh, I know, you know, Emily and I have kind of talked about this. So like, I shouldn't, you know, show her my chickens or I shouldn't, you know, show off my, my beautiful barn that I've restored and, you know, talk, I'm so glad she just lists out who she is. And guess what? Like I see that in her and to see her walking in her gifts and, and loving her family, the way God has given her desires and resources mm-hmm. and ability. And that makes me want to go home and like, love my kids better when I'm in the right frame of mind. Um, and when I, when I sense those pangs of like, Oh, I wish I were more like that. I repent, counsel mm-hmm. my heart. No, this isn't about me being like my friend. This is about both of us looking like Christ. Mm-hmm. So what has God given me to do? Okay, refocus, refocus, refocus. Yeah. And that's a perpetual reality of our Christian yeah. life is constantly refocusing mm-hmm. our eyes on Christ and saying, what do I behold? Mm-hmm. What is informing everything else mm-hmm. that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. To add to that, I, I shared the story with Emily, but not too long ago, I think I was I was thinking about some way to like thank God for some project that I did. And it, as I was kind of rehearsing, oh, what am I going to say? Like, how am I going to give glory to God? I remember think, basically stepping back and realizing, I'm just thinking about how I can sound good and how glorious I can look. Oh, and yes. it was just so interesting that even in a heart that was saying, how can I glorify God and, and recognize him as the, the entire reason I was able to get this project done? I'm actually thinking, well, how can I sound good in front of all these mm-hmm. other Christians who are going to think like, wow, she's so holy. She just gave it, gave it back to the Lord, you know, all glory <laughs> be to God. And it was, it was just a gut check. And I love what you're saying and that the impure motives, like there will always be a little bit because there's just a, there's a threat of sin. Mm-hmm. There's a threat of sin that entwines all of our hearts and it is still there until the day we meet Jesus. And I think one thing that's been encouraging to me too, of I think living in that continual repentance and remembering um, that I am covered in Jesus's blood and that he has saved me from those things is knowing that someday I won't struggle with that anymore. Mm-hmm. And there is a day coming when Jesus and when God will be so glorious and so beautiful and so stunning that I will not think about my own glory anymore. And it is like, just gives me chills. And it's something that we can look forward to and know that we live in the already, but not yet. We live in this season where sin still tangles us all of the time, but there is a day coming where that will not be a temptation anymore. And what a beautiful day that will be. Mm -hmm. And that gives us hope and joy to cling to in the right now. And I think it gives us dependence on Christ of seeing our continual sin reminds us that we need a continual holy God to rescue yes. us from it. And if we were perfectly motivated all the time, we would essentially be like, well, great. I don't need God, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's really, really good. I'm super encouraged because everyone we've interviewed in this series so far has had a really similar answer to that. Mm-hmm. Like, good. Hey, keep, <laughs> keep walking, like yeah. just keep walking. So that's really affirming that y'all are saying that because I do get stuck sometimes in the like, Oh, am I doing this for my own attention or things like that? Yeah. So that's, that's super encouraging. And I love that 
it's been a similar answer. Yeah. And I love how Emily touched on a little bit how we can all cheer each other on as moms and just as fellow believers walking this together. Our gifts are going to look so Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. from one person to the next, but we can, we can cheer each other on. And, um, there's this scarcity mentality that there's not enough to go around, but there's more than enough to go around. And we're all in this together for God's glory. Yeah. I think what's really beautiful about that too, is that kind of speaking about these moms that have other gifts. I live in a neighborhood here where um, all of our houses are fairly close together and a lot of really beautifully different mom, beautifully sorry, and a lot of differently gifted moms mm-hmm. live in the same. And one of them is my other sister-in-law. Actually, she's my next door neighbor. And I love seeing her invest in my kids mm-hmm. and share her strength. Yes, with my kids. Uh-huh. And that's, and I love getting to invest in these other children because I'm gifted in a different way. And so I get to talk with them about different things than their moms talk about. And I think that's one great thing about living in community and being in your local church and really like having a a spirit of camaraderie Mm -hmm. and saying like, you know, maybe my child's not going to learn the greatest from me, this type of lesson, but maybe Auntie M can Mm -hmm. show them, you know, how to learn that or she can invest well in them. And so I think that's another beautiful thing about being comfortable and who you're uniquely made to be and sharing that with others. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a true gift to the kids that we're raising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's really good. good. So I noticed, um, I got to read a little bit of y'all's book, which is fantastic. I cannot wait to read all of it. Yes. Yes. We just got a little snippet. So I want to get the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, y'all talk about in the very beginning about how you kind of started on this journey of risen motherhood and how it all started around potty training, which I love because I think that's something we can all relate to and, and so um, I'd love if you guys could just touch on briefly, you can go as long as you want on this, but how does like those practical moments of like changing diapers and those kind of things help you live out the gospel in a way that is glorifying to God when it doesn't necessarily feel like, oh, I'm using my big gifts and wiping someone's butt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is uh, something that a lot of times we'll go back and look at the life of Christ Mm -hmm. and what his ministry looked like when he was here Mm -hmm. on earth. He certainly was, you know, (laughs) gifted in all the right ways as, you know, the, the God man. Um, And yet he encountered a lot of really needy people and dealt with a lot of very mundane needs. He dealt with people who were sick and wanted to be healed. People who were, you know, considered unclean. He dealt with bodily fluids and, you know, who knows all the different physical things that he encountered. Washing feet, you know, he's familiar with people who were literally dirty Mm -hmm. that needed to be washed Mm -hmm. off. Um, Feeding. Yeah. Food. Yes. All of those Mm -hmm. things, like even just um, his disciples asking questions and it's like, you should know the answer to that. Or, <laughs> so let the little yeah. children come to me helping with all these mm-hmm. things. And so, you know, we are not above Christ mm-hmm. and what he has mm-hmm. done. He came to serve. He came to lay down his life. He came to deal with the dirty, stinky, messy, annoying needs mm-hmm. that we all have. And praise the Lord that he was like that. And so when we think about our ministry as a mom, And, you know, the good news that he came to save us and he made us this new creation. And now we follow the forerunner. But guess what? The forerunner, like, I don't know what diaper changing was like back then. I don't know. Probably worse than what he's done. Oh, absolutely. Like, acknowledge that, like, he dealt with things like that. Mm -hmm. And so certainly our our mercy that we're going to show to people is going to be really similar 
And it's, it's in those things where maybe no one else is looking, mm-hmm. but God is saying, serve, mm-hmm. lay down your life, have compassion, do everything with Thanksgiving, even if no one is looking. I have, I don't know how it works, but somehow his kingdom spreads that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just have to focus on like what we've been given to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's going to leverage our gifts in this really cool mm-hmm. outward way. And other times it's going to be like, I, yeah, like you said, I don't know if I'm gifted in diaper changes, but I've done thousands mm-hmm. of them now. I'm an expert, but it's mm-hmm. like, just, I don't know, but he's using that to show mercy and mm-hmm. I'd be willing to do whatever he's given me to do today. Yeah. And I think, you know, even expanding beyond Jesus, I mean, obviously he's yeah the best and first to look to, but looking at the whole Bible, we see mm-hmm. all of these characters, all of these people that God rose up, but we see a blip in the radar for most of them. You know, we see a day, a couple months, mm-hmm. you know, maybe David, we saw years, but for many of them, it's just moment you think about Tamar or Rahab or these these people that God used enormously in the kingdom and they had giftings but it was the unseen days that are not recorded in the Bible that were preparing them for the work that God had for them and so as moms so much of what we do is unseen as Emily's saying but it does matter and God is refining and molding and growing us in these days and he's preparing us for whatever good works he has, you know, down the road. And these days are not being wasted. And I think that's one of the most important things, you know, when you asked earlier, Hey, what has motherhood taught you about God? Like those were days where I wasn't doing the major ministry of, of risen motherhood. Or, and I was, uh, just at home, you know, regular days and, I would say that the stuff you're hearing us talk about now were things that I learned in the trenches then. And I I think that we are all looking for something extraordinary. You know, we all want these big moments because culture is telling us that that's what we need. That's what's Instagram worthy. That's what's valuable to talk about at coffee. But what most of everyone's lives are made up of is the mundane moments, but they're not going wasted. Like you can't have those big blips in the radar without regular everyday trudging mm-hmm. through things. Yeah. yeah. One of the things we have in the book is like motherhood is made up of, you know, a mm-hmm. million tiny, tiny moments. moments for worship. And one of the cool, incredible things about a relationship with God through Christ is that you can worship him when you're potty training your child and you're frustrated and you feel that well up. And then you think, Oh God, I love you. And I want to, be kind in this moment instead of that. And like, whoa, like how crazy is it that even that can be a moment to worship the God of the universe? And it's not, it's not just reserved for Sunday. You know, it's not just reserved for our little quiet time we had with our coffee all the time. And we have that perspective. It really reframes everything that we do big and small. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. So I think sometimes um, we find motherhood as our primary identity. And, I mean, we know as believers our our primary identity is in Christ. But like you touched on a little bit earlier with finding our own hobbies and stuff like that, whether it's naming plants (laughs) or building a fire, um, we have other giftings. And so how do we find that balance between um, our calling in motherhood and remembering that motherhood is a gift, but also remembering that we have other gifts for the kingdom as well? I think so much of it is 
Considering our gifts, yes, but understanding basically what we talked about at the very beginning, that every single thing that you have been gifted with, and and some of those gifts you may know of, and some of those gifts you may actually not even know of yet, um, it's it's for the Lord, and it's Mm -hmm. from Him, and that I don't think we have to apportion our gifts in certain ways to say, well, these are my ones for motherhood, and these are the ones for my day job, or these are the ones for church. And these are what I use within the four walls of my home. Um, something that Emily and I talk about a lot is really trying to find ways to bring your children alongside you in whatever you're doing. And that doesn't necessarily mean they board the plane with you and they go on your work trip, but it may mean that you remind them that, hey, you know, you are partnering with mommy as I go off and I'm going to, you know, Emily and I just recorded our audiobook, And so we went to Minnesota and drove up there. And before I left, I told my kids, Mom's going up to record the book that I wrote, the book about Jesus, and I want to tell other mommies about Jesus. And, you know, because I love Jesus so much, I want to go share this message with other people. And part of that means I'm going to go record this audiobook. And you're here and you're serving mom while allowing grandma to watch you and enjoying your days. But like you're a part of this mission with me. And so bringing your children alongside, helping them understand what you do, why you're doing it. And even if you don't have you know, that's a nice, like, okay, I'm, it's very simple. I'm writing a book about God, but maybe you're a doctor and, you know, you're somebody who says, I want to show others Jesus's mercy and Jesus's kindness. And, you know, he has gifted us with great medical care. Isn't God good that he gave us hospitals and, and medication. And so we can talk about our careers or the other things that we do with our children in ways that help them see God's glory Mm -hmm. and help them see that God is the one who gifted mommy to be a great teacher and help these other children understand math and writing, which God invented, Mm -hmm. or, you know, God is the one who gifted mom to be able to go drive and and visit people while she, while she sells something, or I don't know, I can't think of any other careers, but (laughs) I I think that that's just like, instead of apportioning our gifts and rationing them, understanding that we live a very holistic life and that everything is given to God and we don't have to slice and dice gifts, but Mm -hmm. he uses all things for his glory all the time, you know, and we just want to be vessels to allow him to work through us. I love that idea of giving our kids a vision for the great commission, Mm -hmm. um, which is really the, you know, kind of that new covenant picture of what was set out in the garden that be fruitful and multiply, um, and fill the earth, you know, subdue it. And now as believers, we get to go, you know, to the ends of the earth to make disciples and show others what it means to follow God and to obey him. Um, and God has also called us, you know, to love our neighbor, to love our community, to be, um, involved in the body of Christ. And so I think, one danger of rooting all of our fixation or putting all of our fixation on our kids and pouring a hundred percent into that is that it can show them um, all of this is resting on you yeah. and how you turn out. I have put all of my eggs in your basket. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting you to be perfect. I'm expecting you to be good at sports. I'm expecting you to be good academically. I'm expecting you to be a good godly child. And like, I am all for having high expectations for our children, but I want my children, I pray that they grew up and they see mommy put all of her eggs in Jesus's yeah, basket yeah. and like yeah, so everything that. I had was wrapped up in him. And sometimes that meant my attention was diverted somewhere mm-hmm. different yeah. where, where Jesus asked me to divert my attention. 
And just like Laura was saying, like we just, we've been traveling lately and it's been really hard. And I never imagined I would have a season of traveling with young children. And so there's been a lot of wrestling. And in those moments, I go back to my life belongs to the Lord Mm -hmm. and I obey what he says. And I trust him with my children. I, I, I talk with my husband. I'm a wife too. I'm on the same page with him. He's supportive of these things. We're partner in this and getting to share with my children. Like, I know this is a sacrifice for you. Like we were talking about that yesterday when I got home and I was like, I know this was costly for you. You had to see mommy go for a couple of days, but here's why we did this. Mommy did this because of the gospel and because of Jesus, you, your sacrifice was for the gospel for the sake of, of these different things. And like Laura's saying, I think those connections are there, whether your job is overtly about that or maybe it's not overtly, but that's what you're doing in and through it is to, to show other people Christ and ultimately that, that great commission. And so it's just this really neat holistic picture of saying my life is devoted to God. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that still calls us to a high level of investment in our children without saying, I'm counting on you to turn out good because I gave you every single thing that I had. And I, I'm focused on that right there. Yeah. So turn out good or else is more. <laughs> I focus it all on Christ yeah. and I trust him to work in your life. Yeah. That's really helpful. It's that's such a good example for them too. not making them think everything revolves yes. around them. It's like, yeah. no, everything revolves mm-hmm. around Jesus yes. and, and yeah. the that he has for us. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So how would you guys, um, if someone's like, okay, I really want to get on board with this. I love what you guys are saying. I believe it. I hear it here. Like how do I get it here? Is there any certain resources or just like little tidbits of encouragement or anything like that, that you would give them? I mean, I can think of one pretty great resource. I was going to say, this would be a great place to plug your book (laughs) and podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We would love anybody who wants to head over to the RM community. This is, this is what we talk about. Em and I have these conversations in private on Boxer and email and all this stuff. And then we love to be able to talk about that stuff with our community. We talked about it in the book. It's definitely just a major heartbeat for us. Um, and then we've also gathered a ton of additional resources because we are not the first to talk like this. We're not the first to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We are not unique. Uh, we certainly stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us or the giants, whatever that quote is, <laughs> um, certainly have been aided and benefited greatly by so many wise people. And so we actually have a resources page on our website, risenmotherhood.com forward slash resources. And we have all of our favorite books, topics, tools, anything like that, that's available uh, for a mom to check out. She's wondering about going through a season of suffering or PPD, or she's struggling with um, how do I teach my children catechisms or how do I just study God's word? What Bible studies should I do? You know, we have not tried everything, but we've tried to put on there what we've really, really enjoyed. And so she can check out that page too, I think. And find all sorts of curated ideas for her to purchase or print for free or whatever that may be. So we held a play date this morning, um, just a local little play date and we passed out your abide cards there. So (laughs) we've already used some of your free resources. So highly recommend your research. Are you talking about the kiddo ones? They are so cute. Yes. That's what we were like. We could make something similar, but these are too cute. We're just going to use these. So, (laughs) Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, we love those. I mean, that's really cool. 
Awesome. Well, do y'all have a, a verse or a quote or anything you wanted to end with? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, what's funny is whenever people are asking me for verses, you could just figure out where I'm at in my Bible reading plan. I'm <laughs> to start spinning verses out from wherever I'm at because I think those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the best. And then you go on to no, this yeah. is the best. Um, right now, though, I think on my mind is just like that Hebrews 10, 23 mm-hmm. Hebrews is so fascinating mm-hmm. because I've also been like reading through the old Testament and you read all these things you're like, Oh, this is so hard. Like these things are confusing to make sense of. And then you go read Hebrews and it's just like this, like decoding and like yes. explaining, like, yes. Oh, this is, this is a shadow of this. Mm-hmm. And this person's fate was for this reason and all these different things. And, um, towards the end of Hebrews, uh, chapter 10, 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And we see that faithfulness and the way all of these intricate details and the systems that were set up were fulfilled. Mm-hmm. He who promised, he who promised the seed, Eve's mm-hmm. offspring was faithful. Yes. He who promised and set up all of the sacrifices was faithful to be a sacrifice for our sin. And so we can trust that he is going to continue in that faithfulness all the way to the end, all the way through eternity. And that's really what keeps us going on days when eh, I don't really feel like I can hold it together, mm-hmm. but I, I believe God's promises mm-hmm. and I want to hold fast without wavering. And I need his help to do that in whatever circumstance I'm in. So we can just look to him and I'm just really encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you guys so much. We're so thankful for the ministry that y'all, um, have and that y'all continue to provide for women and we point a lot of people to y'all so yes. we are really thankful for yeah. the work that y'all do you do a great job so thanks for coming on the show with us today yes thank you absolutely it was so fun to be here yeah, it was a joy to be here we're really excited to get to know you guys If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.